Welcome to The Alternative Investor, the show where we discuss, debunk, and demystify all things about investing in alternative assets. Hey, this is Grayson. This is Brian. And this is The Alternative Investor, the show where we debunk, we demystify, and we discuss all things about alternative assets. So Brad, uh, on a previous episode, we covered what an alternative asset is. Uh, Let's talk about why we should invest in these things. What do you think? Yeah, great question. Right, because these are not as easy to invest in as stocks and bonds, where you just click on E Trade and you know all of a sudden you put a million dollars to work. Right, you actually have to do some upfront work. So why why go through that? Well, number one, higher returns. <laughs> That's nice. I like higher returns. Yeah, and partly this is because you have kind of an edge when you're buying private companies, private real estate. You could you could find a sponsor to invest with. A sponsor is just somebody who's actually running the, the, the companies or running the investment for you so you can maintain your day job or be on the beach, right? But these sponsors can have an edge in buying a company, a private uh, real estate asset or a venture uh, type of deal because there's not you know, publicly available information on all of these companies or investments, right? It's just a less efficient market, right? Yeah, you know, it's hard to gain an edge on the stock market against, you know, guys and hedge funds that are doing this 24-7 uh, with publicly available information, right? It's all kind of baked into the stock price. Sure, that's not the case every, you know, all the time. There's there's certainly times where the stock market gets irrational. But for the most part, it's hard to find great deals in the stock market. And it's certainly easier to find, you know, screaming deals in the private market when you're dealing with one person who might have owned an asset for 30 years or ran a company for 30 years and he wants to sell and maybe he wants to sell to you because he likes you or you are a higher probability uh, close rate than you know just trying to go up and sell it to uh, put it on the market and sell it to 30 guys and take 30 bids. So long way of saying that it's there's more uh, there's more of an edge in the private markets. Well yeah, I think you know, most of the listeners here will probably have know that some of these classic venture capital investments like Google and Facebook have returned, you know, a thousand times some of the early investors' money, right? But you know, even even aside from the sort of high profile ones, often you know, if you know, a lot of guys who've invested in a, a local you know pizza chain restaurant that you know those went from five five locations to twenty five locations, and then that got bought by a larger pizza chain. I mean, those are great deals, right? You can make. You can make 20, 30, 40% on your money. And I love those, you know, non-sexy types of type of investments, right? Well, it's, I think pizza's sexy, but that's just me. That, that's true. But you know, Howard Marks says the only way you're gonna get a, a deal on anything is to do something as unloved and um, you know, uh, misunderstood, right? And, and who's he? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. He he runs Oak Tree Capital. He's basically like the I don't know, the newer version of, of Warren Buffett, I would argue. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. So, all right. So one of the reasons you want to invest in alternatives is higher returns. Um, another one is lower volatility, right? I mean, there's a, you know, I, I like to go back to the stock market in 2008. I don't <laughs> want to go back there. <laughs> I love why, going Why back. do you want to go back to that? Uh, you know, the stock market lost 50% of its value, right? I mean, that, it was crazy. It was, it was tough times. But if you look at the the actual individual companies that make up the stock market, or, or if you look at the the multifamily apartment building in your the center of your town, you know those things weren't worth half as much money. You know the businesses didn't lose half their customers; they didn't drop pricing half as much. You know the the tenants in that apartment building, you know half of them didn't move out; their rents didn't go down by half. So, you know I, I think that 
the stock market is just a crazy, crazy thing, right? It's animal spirits and it's irrational and it's up and down. But these these private, you know, these alternative investments, I think, are more insulated from that. Yeah, it's just you're subject to kind of the whims of, of people's irrational behavior, and and people tend to panic and also get way too excited on the upside when things are good. So because you can trade, you know, with a couple of clicks of the of the mouse, volatility since the advent of the internet has has actually increased substantially. You know, from last, you know, from 1950 to 99, there was you know, 81 days where the market moved over 3%. But in 2000, 2016, there was 120 days where it moved over 3%. So you, you've, you've seen, you know, the stock market is much more of a roller coaster than it used to be. And that is just because people have access and people sometimes do silly things when the market swings wildly. Yeah, and I, you know, I think it's probably fair that we talk about the converse side of the lower volatility, which is um, you can't easily liquidate some of these investments, right? And that, that's oftentimes why it's less volatile because you know you, you can't just quickly trade out of these things, right? If it, you know, yeah, if it was, if getting divorced was as easy as just saying to your wife, "Hey, I hereby divorce thee," I, my sense is that the divorce rate in this country would be, a, be little, a, little a little higher. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we might you know, be getting divorced every uh, every few <laughs> months uh, than uh, you know than just sticking and writing it through, which is what you have to do with a private investment. You can't just easily sell a portfolio of real estate assets or a private company when you know you have a cloudy day and you decide that you know everything's going to zero and you, yeah. you actually have to think through it and there's a process yeah. and that 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 protects and insulates investors from their own. You know, crazy behavior. Sometimes we're, we're humans. We're, we're wired to kind of think about surviving, and we're we have a loss aversion more than we have a, a joy of the upside. So when things start to go bad, people tend to you know assume that uh, hey, it's always going to go bad, and people dump out of stocks when you know if you just kind of stayed patient and wrote them out, you actually came out way ahead over the long term. And, and private assets, you know, actually force you to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so higher returns potentially, um, lower volatility, which comes with sort of you know the, the flip side of that is you can't easily liquidate these. Uh, what's another reason why people might want to invest in alternatives, Brad? Tax benefits. If you're buying stocks and bonds, you're not getting too much of a tax break, right? You're you're actually being taxed on your dividends, uh, capital gains, right? Whereas these private investments, yes, they're they're taxable, but oftentimes there's tax shields. Like with real estate, there's depreciation, there's interest deductions from the loans that you're getting on the assets. Yeah, and that feels like an entire episode in and of itself. So yeah, we'll get into that later. If you really love taxes, stay tuned for that one. What about cash flows? I, you know, I, I, this is what I love about this asset class is that a lot of these deals spit off cash, right? I mean, you know, if you've if you've invested in a private equity deal and that company is generating profits each year, and you know the the ownership or the board of that company decides to distribute those profits to the shareholders. You're gonna get a check. Um, I, I mean, love look, getting checks. Yeah, who, who doesn't? You, I mean, you do this. You do this quarterly, right? At Park Street Partners, your your uh, your manufactured housing investment vehicle. Yeah, so we are making distributions quarterly right now, and it, you know, it's nice uh, to not only see the value of the assets as an investor increase through improved operations, but just to be able to participate in the ongoing cash flow. You know, it's a different type of investment for most people. I think most retail investors are. Kind of used to being able to log in and see their, you know, whatever their overall portfolio is marked to that day on paper. But that's a paper increase, right? When you're actually getting a check, uh, that is that's a great investment. It kind of diversifies your overall portfolio, 
And it's also a great vehicle for retirement because you don't have to sell anything to get that check, right? It's ongoing uh, distributions. Should we talk about the flip side of the cash flows? What, negative cash flows? <laughs> well, yeah, in effect, right? I mean, if you invest in a private deal and that deal, you know, things turn south and that company is not profitable, it's very possible that company will need to go out and raise additional capital. Uh, you know, you obviously have a choice of whether you want to do that investment, but well, that's yeah. actually a good point. And when you're looking at these documents, when you're thinking about making one of these investments, you want to make sure that it is optional, right? Some some firms will try to make it non-optional, where they say, "Look, uh, if there's a capital call, right? We we need money. We're not kicking off enough uh, revenue to cover all of our expenses. We need to call capital from everybody, right? If it's not optional." You have to, you're contractually obligated to put in that money. So you want to make sure that when you're looking at these agreements, that that is an optional feature. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the flip side of cash flows. So higher, potentially higher returns, lower volatility, um, cash flows. Uh, what else? What's another one? I don't know. I thought that was it. Diversification. Yeah, I think we could talk a little bit about this. So everybody knows. Look, I mean, I've been hearing, hey, diversify, diversify, diversify my whole life, right? And oftentimes I think most people, diversify their investment holdings by maybe buying an index fund or a mutual fund where you have a, a basket of stocks. But, you know, that's that's not really that diversified, right? I mean, you know, an index fund still got crushed in 2008. Whereas if you're in alternatives, uh, you know, if you have some real estate, some private equity and some venture in your portfolio, uh, you're more diversified. Yeah, and it's not to say that those assets didn't decline too in the in the credit crisis, right? Just about everything except maybe, you know, some bonds uh, got got hurt. But the point is they didn't get hurt as much, right? We kind of talked about the, our apartment building rents didn't decline by 50%. And while that doesn't sound sexy, right? Not getting crushed as much, it's actually really, really important over the long run, right? Because if you just think about the math, okay, if you go down 50% in your overall portfolio, you have to double your returns just to get back to even, but what happens if you had some other investments that didn't get crushed as much that, you know, maybe they took a smaller hit and your overall portfolio was down 25%. Well, guess what? You only have to get a 33% return to get back to even. And if you compound that, those types of results over multiple recessions and multiple cycles, that is incredibly powerful. And that's how, you know, firms like uh, Berkshire Hathaway have really outperformed. They generally are not crushing the market when the market's up, but they tend to perform better when the market's down. Yeah, I, it's funny. I think some of the best investors to me seem to have a, a, almost like a deeply intuitive feel for the, the effects of compounding interest and you know uh, the, seeing the value of that. Yeah, because none of these things work all the time, right, in any one year. It does, it's not what we're really talking about. We're kind of thinking about this you're going to have a, your retirement funds for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And you want to be thinking about what are the best ways to generate compound returns year in and year out. And adding some you know, private investments really does improve the overall dynamics of the portfolio over the long term. All right, cool. So let's we, we touched on the reasons for investing alternatives include potentially higher returns, uh, lower volatility, which comes with the inability to easily liquidate, uh, cash flows, tax benefits, and then finally increased diversification. So seems like a pretty good deal. What do you think? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for listening and uh, tune into the next episode where we'll get deeper into these things. Thanks for listening to The Alternative Investor. 
Since you made it this far, you should take a second to subscribe to the podcast and join our email list. There, you'll receive additional insights and insider access to the world of alternative investments. Just visit thealternativeinvestorshow.com.